Good morning, church family. We're so glad you're able to join us here on this icy cold uh, day we have here in Texas. It's, this is really odd uh, to have this. I haven't seen this uh, since I've lived here since like 2007. But a few cold days, uh, a little bit of ice. Wasn't bad for us. We made the drive over to the church and then came back because several of you have different conditions than what it is where we're at. And uh, so we want you to stay home and be safe. We're glad you're able to join us online. Uh, we are a, a little bit sad that we can't be together today on what is uh, a couple of big things, Valentine's Day, and also what we're going to be talking about today, which is community. And uh, those guys probably didn't give us the very best tips for community. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about community. We do have a gift for all of you. We had one available and ready for you uh, this Sunday. It is uh, a heart box, and it may or may not contain chocolate. But what I would tell you about it is that we will have it available for you next week. So uh, you didn't miss anything. We'll save it. We'll give it to you. And we love you guys. Happy Valentine's Day. If you have your Bibles nearby, I want you to turn with us to uh, Genesis chapter 2 and 18. We have two passages that we're going to be using today for our talk about community. I've titled this community, Some Assembly Required, because we want to talk mostly today about that assembly part uh, in, on our lives, on our aspect of building ourselves to be a healthy member in community and to participate. Uh, the, it, is, it is vital and important that we are aware of uh, who we are and where we are as a person, as an individual so that we can be a, an integral part of community. Community is so important, and the Bible has a lot to say about it, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and then we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. So Genesis 2, verse 18, and then Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 18, verse 1. Okay, so let's get started. We'll look first at, in the early part of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 18. It is not good that man should be alone. It is not good that man should be alone. Now Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. I wanted to ask you as we start off today, have you ever just felt like you're missing something in your life? You had a strong sense of like uh, your life was a little incomplete. And you, there was something important that might be missing. Not that you had forgotten to do something like turn the toaster off before you left the house or lock the doors, but something more that you needed in your life and you could not really uh, place what that was. And many of us have experienced that with respect to, uh, and ultimately find out that what we really need is community. We need people around us. We need a healthy, good, and godly community to help us become all that God wants us to be. It's interesting as we open the, the Bible today to the beginning chapter in Genesis, that uh, of all the things God creates, and after each uh, act of God creating something, he says, he pronounces that everything is good. He creates the heavens and the earth. He says it's good. He creates the sun and the moon. He says it's good. 
He creates all of creation, says it is good. In fact, creates man and says that it is good. But then once God has created man, he says in Genesis verse 2 and 18, it is not good that man should be alone. The first instance of God pointing out that there's something that is not good in respect to as moving forward and advancing in health and life. And it it centers around not being good, that man was isolated, that he was alone. And this was before the fall. It was before sin had entered into the world. And Adam was not yet complete. He he needed uh, community. And God recognized that. And what does this show us? It shows us that although our deepest problems are sin uh, and idolatry, our first problem and Adam's first problem was social isolation. And that is problematic to us for a number of reasons that we're going to see in a moment. It says in Proverbs 18 that when a man isolates himself, Uh, he breaks out against all sound judgment. Friendship is a whole theme in the Bible. God has a lot to say about it because it is integral to our development and growth. In fact, a lot of your spiritual formation and becoming more as God wants you to become, growing up and becoming all that he intends for you to be, as you are, our theme this year is rooted for life, as you are growing in him, a, a big part and important part of it is that you and I are connected to people who also love God and care about him. We're connected to the community. It is, as it says early on in scripture, iron uh, sharpening iron. It is when we are coming together and being challenged by one another in our walk that we are growing the best. We are learning from one another. We are learning both what to do and what not to do. We are encouraging one another and being helpful to one another uh, all through the process. The Bible tells us a story of creation. Uh, It is a story of of humanity fracturing and separation and the ultimate restoration of that true friendship with God uh, is, is told to us in the pages of Scripture. In the beginning, Adam and Eve had this intimate friendship and relationship with God And we read about it in Genesis 3 and 8, that they walked with God, which was a term that was used. Um, I mean, in chapter 3, we read about them walking with God. In chapter 3 and 8, we see the fall of man. And that from that point forward, uh, they clothed themselves or hid themselves with fig leaves. And we, as human beings, have been doing that ever since. We have been hiding ourselves uh, behind fig leaves and not really embracing Uh, walking with God in honesty and and integrity. God wants a friendship with us. He knows already what's in our heart, but he wants us to be honest about it and to have an integral part of of a relationship with him that on a moment-by-moment basis, we are being truthful and honest with God, and we consider him our friend, and we invite him into our lives on a regular basis. We've all been broken. Uh, by sin, and we we that requires that you and I uh, are uh, kind of in pieces. That we that there's some assembly that's necessary. God recognizes that, and and He wants to restore us in in uh, true relationship to Him. And so He's about healing us and working through us. 
And a large part of that is going to happen through Christian community, through our gathering together and being a part of, of community on a regular basis. He re, uh, stores friendship um, both with himself through Scripture to mankind, and, and as uh, Enoch and Noah, Noah did, they walked with God. It tells us in Genesis 5 and 24, 6 and 9, that term is, is literally a term in the Hebrew that, that means friendship. When you walk with someone, that means that on a moment-by-moment basis, you have this relationship with them. They know you inside and out. They have an intimate relationship with you. Abraham was called a friend of God in, in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 8. Moses spoke to God face-to-face as a man speaks to a friend. It tells us in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. Uh, he, uh, the Bible tells us that God draws near to all who come to him in, in true faith. In John chapter 15, 13 through 15, we read, And then Jesus came uh, as the great friend of sinners, befriending uh, everybody who opened up to him and, and had a, it was open to having uh, an intimate relationship with him. And that friendship with God, then uh, he intends for us to extend to one another. The kind of friendship that we have and intimacy we have with God, he wants us to begin to develop those friendships and relationships with people around us. We can now befriend people, and uh, because of Jesus and because of the healing work that he's doing, you and I are not perfected. There are still things that God's working on. But because he has healed us and we have this relationship with him, we can have healthy relationships with others, with people that are around us. We need to be able to recognize the importance of community. It's interesting, a lot of research has been done around this. Cigna did some research not long ago, and uh, they, they determined that Americans uh, reported feeling lonely. And, uh, you know, this was uh, a research that uh, went to a lot of doctors, and you may have noticed over the last decade or so that when you meet with your doctor, that one of the things they ask you is, is about your uh, mental and emotional health. How are you feeling? How are things going in your life? Uh, do you feel lonely at times? Do you feel discouraged? And it comes out of things like this research that was done by Cigna that showed such a large amount of people feeling lonely and feeling isolated. Barna Institute also did uh, research along this line, and they discovered that one in five Americans regularly say they are often lonely. And we are made you know, by God, and we were made to live in community. And when we are isolated from that, we begin to sense what I was saying in the opening of this, that something is missing, something's not quite right. And it has a lot to do, uh, has a a big effect on our mental and emotional health. In in Psalms chapter 68, verses 5 and 6, God said this, a father He would be a father to the fatherless, a defender of the widows, uh, is God in his holy habitation. And then it says in the next verse, God sets the solitary in families. It was a plan of God's all along to take us uh, from being alone, it's not good to be alone, to setting us in family. Here is family. Enjoy the relationship that you have here. Christians rightly think about salvation as forgiveness of sins and uh, our eternal life uh, looking forward, but it is, it is 
more than just that for us. Jesus gives all who trust in him the privilege of being a friend. John chapter 15, verses 14 and 15, Jesus said to the disciples, You are my friend. If you do whatever I command you, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. He rescued us to forge an intimate relationship with us. He forgave us and, and he wants us to share in the, in the triune relationship or fellowship with God the Father. He's the one that said to Adam, it is not good that man should be alone. God wants us uh, to have this friendship. He wants to be your friend. But he also wants us to move beyond that as uh, in advancing friendship with one another and building strong community. Because he says in Proverbs 18, verse 1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. We don't do well when we are not connected to community. Outside of community, we live selfish. Outside of community, we make poor decisions. Outside of community, we are easily succumbed to temptations that are around us. We put at risk our mental health outside of community. All of these things change when we enter into community. We make better decisions. We live selflessly rather than selfish. We are not so easily succumbed to the temptations that are around us. For accountability keeps us in check. I was talking with someone the other day. It's kind of interesting. And over all the years in ministry where I've counseled with uh, people who have an events in their life who have fractured their marriage. And uh, in talking to young men or young women, people who have been unfaithful in their marriages, and uh, they've sat in my office and we've talked about it, it is, it is always the case that they were thinking about the moment and not the larger picture. They were not considering the community around them and how it would affect them. How would it affect if they were unfaithful to a wife, their children? How would it affect if they were unfaithful to their wife, uh, relatives, aunts and uncles, grandparents? How would it affect if they were unfaithful to their wife, cousins and nephews and nieces? And every time those are afterthoughts. But when we live in community, we're thinking more about how our actions are affecting the people around us and not just our lives individually. In community, there is wisdom because we are surrounded by those who have uh, experience and, and uh, have walked with God and, and we can gain wisdom from listening to them. We're surrounded by good counsel, God's word. There is accountability in community. Uh, there is love and acceptance in community. And there is help and encouragement in community. A good friend uh, of mine going through a, a difficult season, you know, um, has discovered the, the joy of having community around them. They, they don't have to walk alone. Regularly, I see people interacting with them over the issues that are happening in their life. Michelle has a, a very good friend, a coworker, and we're walking through with her what is going on with her dad. 
And it's great to see the community of faith surrounding her faith uh, to pray and to seek God, but the whole community of faith around her that encourages her and prays with her over this situation on a daily basis. We need community. What ingredients then are required for uh, us to put together lasting friendships? And there are some keys, really four of them, if you're taking notes, that I want to share with you today. Four key things that I think are so important for us to be able to have healthy, uh, good community together. That's the section of this, the title of our message, Some Assembly Required. There are some things that are necessary in order for us to have good and healthy community. And there are things that you and I need to participate in. There is, it's wrong for us to have expectations that community is, is all about other people uh, embracing us or pastor or a church reaching out to us. Over the years in ministry, you know, there, uh, pastors kind of scratch their heads and wonder. Uh, you'll have people who have been sick for a week and they would come back to church next week and say, nobody called me, nobody talk to me. And, and of course, they didn't reach out. So no one knew they were sick. Maybe a few people around the, immediately around them knew, but I was never notified. So I didn't know to call them. And uh, we have unrealistic expectations sometimes about community. So these are things that are on us that we need to be engaged in, in order to be a part of healthy community. So here's the first one. Are you ready? Some assembly required. The first one is self-awareness. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, For God, by the uh, grace given to me, I say to everyone among you that uh, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think uh, with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith test yourselves or uh, do not uh, or, or do you not realize about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test self-awareness has to do with us being aware of ourself and and how we are um, engaging people that are around us how is our behavior how are we acting uh, I've told this story before, but when we first moved uh, to Clifton, Arizona, and I was just a sophomore, uh, my first days in school, I was very intimidated, a new uh, high school, and uh, in the middle of the year. So these people already had, you know, come together and had friendships and relationships. I didn't know them. I had no friends there. I had no one that I knew. And I wasn't aware of my facial expressions. I was walking to school one day, and there was, a, there was a group of kids that were gathered together, and Peggy Sandoval changed my life by engaging me with these words. Why are you always frowning? <laughs> and of course, I hadn't even realized that I had a, a, a frown on. It probably uh, had nothing to do with being angry at any of those people, more about fear. It was more about fear uh, of engaging large groups of people that I didn't know and whether I would be accepted or not accepted. But it, it, it caused me to, to recognize and be aware of what was going on with my face. And the result of that was that within a handful of days after Peggy Sanderball's confrontation in my life, 
I started smiling. I started engaging people, making eye contact. And before you knew it, I had friends, people that I could talk to, people that I felt comfortable uh, around and knew that I was able to build some relationships with. So awareness of, of how you are and your behaviors, situational awareness. We talked a lot about this a, a couple of years ago with our MIT team. What is going on around you in the room that you're engaged in? It's very, very important that you and I, uh, with respect to situational awareness, are uh, aware of what's happening in the environment. Are people uh, fearful? Are they? What are the needs? And it helps us in engaging as community to be aware of the environment, not just aware of what's inside of us and what's going on with us. The third one uh, under this one is emotional awareness. You know, are we in, are, we, are, are our feelings and emotions about us or are, they, uh, are we compassionate and engaging what is going on uh, in the environment and, and keeping our emotions in check so that they're not ruling and leading us in a direction that would be harmful to building relationship? And the fourth one here is spiritual awareness. There's a lot that we could say. This is a whole message right here just on the spiritual awareness. Uh, we can, we can uh, the Bible teaches us that we, we can recognize what is kind of going on spiritually. The, the attacks of the enemy, what is, it, what is happening in people's lives. We can recognize that they're, uh, even when someone is unkind to us, um, rejects us and pushes us away, we recognize there's a spirit behind that. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so having a spiritual awareness, am I fully surrendered to God in my life and praying about uh, how I respond to whatever is happening in the community that I'm engaging in? So the second one here, uh, so first of all, we have um, you know, the importance of self-awareness. The second one is to be an active listener to be an active listener. Um, listening uh, more and taking interest in, in everyone's story that's around us. Uh, people are, are, have always fascinated me. Their stories have fascinated me. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 2 and 3, uh, you are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men, clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, on tablets of stone, but not on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. What is Paul saying there? He's saying every one of us is a story that everybody can read. One of the reasons we loved starting God Talks several years ago was to get those stories out uh, on by video to many other people. Uh, stories of the people in our uh, relationship, in our church family, and people that we had met and knew that had a personal relationship with God. Get their stories out so that others could hear them. Wherever you go and uh, are engaged in, you are a story that people can read about, they can learn about, and others are a story. And I want to hear the story that others have, the story of their life and what has happened in their life that I can better love them, learn about them and, and help them lead them in Christ. People don't care. Someone said years ago, how much we know until they know how much we care. And so uh, caring for one another is understanding someone's story. 
Everyone brings a story to the table and it has a lot to do with shaping their worldview in terms of their story. Ultimately, we want God to shape our worldview, but we come to the table having been broken by sin and all the things that have happened around us. And so we have the story of our life that other people can understand us better by knowing what our story is. Active listening involves all of us, you know, not thinking about how you're going to respond to the person once they stop talking. (laughs) We just want to engage and listen to what their story is and be involved in that. The third here is compassion. Compassion. People who are compassionate are not easily wounded, offended, or pushed away. Jesus was compassionate. He had compassion for the people that were around him. We see uh, our own faults, those of us who can live in compassion. We can, we're able to see our own faults, and uh, it helps us not to be judgmental towards others. We can be compassionate towards them and recognize that, you know, uh, our own need for compassion and God showed it to us and we want to show it to one another. Compassionate people ask, how can I be a part of the solution? How can I be a part of the solution? Not just a part of the problem. What do I have that's beneficial that I can bring to the table that's going to be helpful to the situation? So we want to be compassionate. Uh, We want to be an active listener. Uh, We want to be self-aware. And now the fourth one, the last one, is actively open to new friendships. And this is a big one for all of us, actively open to new friendships. Over time, it's so easy to develop closed circle friendships. And we don't do it on purpose. It's not like, you know, I'm going to pick three people, and that's all I'm ever going to be friends with my whole life. None of us do that. But the reason that our circles close is because friending people and, and opening to community is tough work. And a lot of us don't want to go to that work again once we have developed some good friendships around us. We feel comfortable with them, at ease with them. And so we don't want to put in the work to reach out and invite others into that circle. But it is so important that if we're going to be a healthy community that we learn to open that friendship circle, invite people in. Making new friendships is work. It involves building trust, right? And building trust means that we're going to have to kind of, you know, open up our lives a little bit and uh, we're going to have to share things and we're going to have to risk, right? Uh, And we're going to to, uh, be building trust over time. No one builds trust in in an hour or two, right? Uh, It it takes weeks and months and sometimes years, uh, depending on the people that we're trying to friend and, and invite into our circle. So patience is not good. We don't have a lot of patience for that kind of thing, but it is very, very important that we take the time to build those those friendships and relationships so that we can have healthy community. Uh, We have to take an interest in the life of our new friend, right? Um, You know, there are things that they do and like that we haven't been exposed to, you know, Uh, doesn't mean we wouldn't like them or enjoy them. It's just that we, we haven't been around them. And we don't really understand them. Uh, All of my kids are different. And so their likes and dislikes are different. And, uh, you know, a lot of my friends have different likes and dislikes, uh, things, hobbies that they like. And I have allowed them to introduce me to the things that they're interested in so that I can have a friendship with them. 
I've allowed them to uh, take me down the road in terms of introducing me to something that I wasn't aware of before uh, that I might enjoy. I might enjoy in my life, but just didn't give it a shot, didn't try it. And uh, help in taking an interest in what is going on in their life is, is so crucial. And it's work, though, and we need to put in that work. Helping new friendships fit together with older relationships. That's another reason why a lot of times we don't want to open our friendship circle. It's like, I could be friends with this person, but I don't know if my friend could be friends with this person. And so building the bridge so that the older friends that we have can be a part of and learn to love the newer friends that we have. We've tried to do that uh, lifelong as a family to build those bridges, to have healthy relationships uh, with people around us. And we, uh, I want to encourage you as well to take the time to do the hard work, to build the bridge so that you can continuously have new friendships uh, being engaged in older friendships that you might have as well. Because not only can those people be a blessing to you, but they can be a blessing to someone else. And one of the reasons that we'll say this person would not work with this person is we see different kinds of personalities. But in community, God's at work with that. And he wants to teach this personality how to get along with this personality. And the only way that's going to happen is when they're forced in community to come together on a regular basis and work out their issues. So a lot of our growth and development happens in community. A lot of our spiritual growth and development happens by virtue of having relationships around us. So what would your life look like if you decided to do two things going forward today? And I'm going to have the worship team begin to get ready because we're going to end with worship in a minute. Number one, accept God's invitation to be your friend. And that is the starting place, really. You can't start with community. You have to start with intimacy with God. Because what you need to form healthy community comes only from God. He brings the, need, the necessary compassion. He brings the sense of active listening. He's going to bring the willingness to do the hard work, to open friendship circles. It's, it's Him that's going to help develop that. But we have to start by walking with God. Remember the Hebrew words used there literally mean friendship. If you were to say in, in ancient Hebrew, this is my friend, we walk together. Or, or you could just say, this is uh, Michael, we walk together. And everyone would know in the community that that's an intimate friendship relationship. And that's what God wants with you. So we have to start with that. It is not good for man to be alone. And God said, you know, I want there to be a, an intimate relationship going on between you and me. And then the second thing is to get deeply involved, make a commitment to get deeply involved in community, to engage in community. A man who isolates, it says in Proverbs 18 and 1, seeks his own desire. He rages against wise judgment. Community needs you, and you need community. We really have to wake up to the importance of the gathering, of us coming together in community. It is a vital part of our spiritual growth and development. And on this Valentine's Day, that we would make a commitment to do the hard work to build community. Uh, 
Now, as a pastor and as a leader, you know, we put together things and have over the years that bring people onto the property and put them in the same room. Uh, we have had uh, a, a lot of different kinds of events besides church services and gatherings where we've invited people to come together. But beyond that, the work is on each one of us as individuals. You can sit at a table with two or three people you know and never really get to know anyone else. You can uh, sit at that table every time we come together for those kinds of events. And you can know someone's name. You might know someone else uh, where they work, but never really engage them and invite them into your life. The challenge for us today, God is saying, intimate relationship with him first. Intimate relationship uh, between you and God. And then to have that level of relationship with all those that God has placed around your life. Keep that friendship circle growing, inviting people into it, encouraging them to, to know who you are and that you want to know who they are. Inviting them into a powerful and intimate relationship. We got to recognize that people are broken and uh, that's why we all need community together. We're broken. People around us are broken. And when we come together as community, God brings healing. Recognizing and forming friendships, you know, uh, has us to realize that there is assembly that's required on our part. We have to be self-aware. We have to be active listeners. We have to be compassionate. And we have to be open to new friendships and relationships that God wants to bring into our lives. This is a Sunday, a Valentine's Sunday, where we have an opportunity to put love in action. What I want to encourage you to do this week is to reach out to those uh, in your church family, someone that, that God is encouraging you to build friendships and relationships with. Be open every time we come together to inviting someone new into your life. It would be awesome if after every Sunday service, you know, all of you were going somewhere to engage in community beyond just the service, not just to isolate and go home and be by yourself, but that we would invite others to come and be a part of our life. Recognizing what is happening in terms of the pandemic, we sometimes have to be a little more creative like we are today being online. Uh, recognizing there are challenges with weather sometimes, we have to be a little more creative. But are we willing to do the work that is necessary to build the relationships that God wants for our lives? It's so key to your spiritual growth. You will grow so much faster when you invite people into your life. Listen, some of those relationships will bring pain and hurt. But God will heal that pain and hurt, and he will grow you up. He wants that engagement and invites uh, us to do that. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week or week after next, not next week. When I bring a message uh, we've titled, What Happens When People That You Walk With Walk Away? Jesus had that happen to him, but all of us can grow through all of this. We grow through these positive relationships. We grow through some negative experiences but we're growing all the time as God wants us to. I want to pray with you and the worship team's coming. Father, I'm asking you to help us to make this commitment that we would be 
engaged in community in, in a way that we have never before because we want to start by engaging in an intimate relationship with you. Wherever we have not allowed you to be Lord over our lives, we invite you to be Lord over our lives today. Wherever we have struggled, uh, we invite you in, into an intimate relationship. Lord, going forward on a daily basis, we want to be known as those who walk with you in an intimate way. And God, we ask, Lord, with, uh, in terms of community, that we would get ready to do the hard work, to put our hard hat on and our boots <laughs> and necessary, uh, Lord, to get ready to do the hard work, to build healthy community. We have an, a wonderful opportunity. We have a great church family. And there are relationships that, Lord, you have brought into the community that we have not taken full advantage of. They are a blessing that you have sent to, to encourage us and to lift us up and to teach us how to walk close to you. So God, we're asking that you would make us committed to doing that. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.